All right, folks, I went on a little rant today on this episode. I shared the five most annoying things I observe with the game of golf. These things really grind my gears. So listen in and let me know if you agree. Hey everyone, welcome to the Gimme Golf Podcast. I am your host, Meredith Kirk, and joining me today is Nate DeWitt, our marketing manager and producer, and we have a really great topic for you. Welcome, Nate. Hey, Meredith. You in a little angry mood today? (laughs) I'm annoyed today. Annoyed. That's why our topic is the five most annoying observations about the game of golf. Yeah, I think I think you said let's do five, and you got six, right? Yeah, because I'm annoying. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I was writing the list this morning, and I'm like, wait a minute, I got to throw in number six. But there's things on this list that you've ranted at me before. Yes, I know. We haven't been on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. When we're off the air, I talk about these things all the time. Yeah. So it's fun to talk about annoying things sometimes, right? It gets you know it's <laughs> when you alleviate. Your anger sometimes, right? Yeah, just a vent. Get it out on the table. Release it. That's what we're doing today. It's out there. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to start with my number six, the one I just jotted down. Okay. When golfers lose their temper on the golf course, it annoys me beyond anything else. Now, as an instructor, you know, I always encourage students, listen, Go out there and have fun. You're going to have poor shots. We all are going to have poor shots. How are we going to respond to them? And when I see guys like throw their clubs or like get the club and then just like wham and just, you know, like tear up the grass, I literally want to, I want to walk up to them and say, leave, just leave, Yeah. just leave. You don't belong here. Don't come back. Well, they're going to play on tour, you know. <laughs> that's their long-term goal. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone's going to make it on tour, right? On tour, exactly. <laughs> but doesn't that annoy you? Like, how? What is your? It does. Response? People have faults. People have faults. I guess first of all, I'll, I'll defend people to start. I mean, everybody that is competitive that has ever played in any sport, golf is a very difficult game, and when people can't master it, which we all know, golf. Obviously, can't be mastered mm-hmm. um, in the amateur. But people have faults, hopes or faults. Uh, they expectations have expectations right, of their game, right? And, and it's I guess it does get annoying. But if people knew how silly they looked when they're pounding their club or when they're throwing their club, mm-hmm. if you could get a video, and everyone should. If you've got that guy yeah. in your group, you should take a video of it and say, "Bill, look at look how you look like." This right, is, it's, it's embarrassing, but it is embarrassing to to have someone like that in your group. It no is, doubt. and no doubt. And honestly, if they're doing that on the golf course, then they're doing it in other areas of life. You, you know, golf reveals things out of people. Yeah. Look, we're all imperfect. We all have our stuff. We all fall short. Okay, so temper is just one of these areas. If you're doing it on the golf course and you lose your temper then you're going to easily lose your temper in life. So those are people that I try to avoid. If I see someone losing their temper, I'm not going to want to go near that person. I mean, you can just always think, well, I can be at work, right? <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it looks silly, you know, from... I, I guess you you kind of initially chuckle. If you don't play with the person and you're out, like, obviously being on the golf industry side, you see people get mad and it is kind of funny. As long as they're not doing destruction. As long as they're not... You know, 
and I've seen it and it just mm-hmm. it, it damaged the green or something. Yep. But when you see someone slam their club or it, 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 honestly, it's a little chuckle for me at first, but if they're my regular person that I'm playing golf with, it gets beyond annoying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's totally annoying. You know, I had an incident one time when I was uh, running some junior leagues and camps in the area this is many years ago and obviously i would never reveal the person's name but i had a junior golfer (laughs) out there on the course an older junior golfer getting ready to go to college and we were in a, a pretty tough match and this individual got their club slammed it on the ground injuring the ground and murmuring something under their breath and I was the coach and I had and there's a gallery of people I mean this was a big event there's parents there there's spectators and here I am I saw it I observed it and I disqualified them on the spot my own player and we had a chance to win that junior golfer was very upset with me never owned the behavior and even the parents said no they should not have been DQ'd I said under yeah. me as a coach well, a refresh, they will be a, DQ'd. that's a yeah. different when you're when golf is a team sport and I played mm-hmm. high school golf um that's a reflection of the coach so that's a direct reflection on you exactly so that's even that takes it to another step right really but, but you know I think the sad part about it is not owning that behavior okay yeah. so you know if you lose your temper you know, all right, sorry, you know, I'm going to work on that. But um, this this particular individual uh, never owned it. And that's yeah. the, the sad part is you don't learn from it and you go and you continue to repeat to this. this to this day, I actually, it's, yeah. it's, it's funny. <laughs> I, I ran into this family and individual uh, recently. And of course, we were polite. Hello, how are you? <laughs> but there was that underlying resentment. I felt it still to this day. Still, I could tell they were upset with me about disqualifying uh, this particular golfer but I had to do that and I had a lot of support from the other families and spectators saying you know what you did the right thing so that's an area that I'm a little sensitive to can you tell it annoys me yeah I can yeah I actually can <laughs> sense it yeah it's like yeah. yeah so you know what if you if you're listening to this and you lose your temper I would suggest this turn on a little music out on the golf course Try to relax, See, that's you know. different today now, though. <clears throat> you can actually, music is a calming factor. It guess, is. But, yeah. And just change your perspective. Like, go out there and have a mindset when you get to the golf course. I'm going to go have fun. And if I stop having fun, then I need to kind of fall back on something. Turn some music on. Keep everything in perspective. So on one hand, yes, I'm totally annoyed by people who lose their temper. But on the other hand... You know, I missed the mark. I'm not perfect. And how can we correct the behavior? How can we fix it? Let's fix it. Because we're all going to do something stupid, whether it's losing our temper or something else out in the golf course. So yeah, and I want to be couple, compassionate. I've had a couple instances where, you know, obviously at the golf course, people lose golf clubs all the time. And you do your best to try to find them for <laughs> them. Um, however, when somebody comes in and says, hey, my golf club's up on a tree on number two. It's like, well, how to get there? It's like I threw it. It's like, well... We're not going to send someone up to that tree or, you know, someone from the maintenance team to go up and get it. Right. It comes down or the fire down. department. Because you put it there. You know, you put right. it there. And a lot of times people, I lost my club in the pond. It just slipped out of my hand. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, but yeah. So um, I guess if, like I said at the top, if I, if it's, if I'm watching somebody that I don't know, it's kind of funny. But if it's a regular person that plays in your group, it's like, I'm not going to play golf with him right. anymore. If it's just continually... 
Exactly. Continually, like I said, it gets to the point of destructive. So that's right, destructive. But I get a chuckle out of it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is kind of it is kind of funny. Yeah, but just when it gets out One of control. Yeah. All right. So number five, this is this is like the weirdest topic right here. Um, but I have this idea of like a general tip jar at a golf course, and the reason why is we live in this modern society where really it's almost cashless society. We, I mean, think about it. How often do you have cash on you? I think men are are more likely to have cash on them than women. I think we as women we love our debit cards and our the credit see, cards don't you don't you don't carry cash no. okay unless well. you know like if i'm going to a golf course i mean see there you go see here yeah. we go so let's this is yeah. what annoys me is before i go out and play golf i always want to make sure i have at least ten dollars and one dollar bills so if i'm my rule of thumb is this and i hope this doesn't sound cheap but if i'm by myself i usually will tip two dollars to the bag drop guy two dollars to the beverage girl usually like two dollars as an individual is my rule of thumb now if i take a friend out or a a family member out five dollars you know i can do five dollar bills is fine but i always tip though okay so first and foremost i am a tipper am i always like 20 25 percent sometimes it varies i'm like I, I usually try to hit the twenty well, percent mark. You're tipping yeah. for services now. I mean, versus in a restaurant. I mean, you're tipping for somebody to take care of your club. You're t- take take mm-hmm. care of someone for giving you a beverage. So to put a percentage on it is kind of different than it, a kind of different is. than a restaurant. It really I mean, is. I always, I always do twenty percent, and you just multiply the you know the total by two, and it's like here it is. Right. Um, but I get annoyed with having to have all these one dollar bills or making sure I have some five dollar bills because then I have to go to the actual bank or I have to go to a grocery store and buy something and get cash back so I have money on me. And sometimes I just don't have time for that before I go play golf. And there, there needs to be a better system. Like what if we had like a general tip jar for all the staff, you know, including the beverage girl, all of them working together and having like a general tip. Well, it's, it's cool you think about this because there are a lot of people that don't. I just know it's like, you know, they think, you know, pe- pe- you know people are working in the golf industry. You don't get paid a whole lot. Um, they're working because they love the industry or, you know, and some people are part-time and retired, but they bank on, you know, making some extra, extra money. And some people obviously don't tip. I'm not saying majority of people, but there are people that just kind of right and it's not it's not their fault i mean they're from different places that you don't generally have a cart attendant you don't have a beverage cart Mm -hmm. person you do have someone working behind the bar and you leave them money after they purchase a beverage um but the other thing i think about though because i don't carry cash unless i go on vacation sometimes i will get that security mm-hmm. cash out just right. in case you get caught. So people, I think in Myrtle Beach, may have cash on them more so. If I'm if I'm going to travel, I'll, right. I'll get some cash. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. It just, it, it annoys me to always have to have the cash on hand. And there has been a couple incidences, not often, that I have forgotten to go get cash. So here yeah. I am arriving at the golf course. I have a tea time. I don't have cash on me because I'm a debit card girl yeah. and then I'm like oh how am I going to tip and then I and then it then I 
create this like mini stress. Oh no, I have to go find an ATM inside. Then I got to pay the $5 ATM fee just to get cash back to tip. You know, then it becomes like stress that I don't want prior to a round of golf. So I've had this thought before, like, why can't we have this like really cool bucket? Just throw five, 10 bucks in it. Everybody's covered. Gotcha. (laughs) I want to focus on golf. Golf. I don't want to worry about this. I want a tip, but I don't want to worry about it. Exactly, right? Okay. All right. Number four. First of all, I want to say I'm glad that you mentioned the tip part, though. I think that's good that people need to realize that people do work for those. Absolutely. Yeah. And and those, all of our staff, you know, at all of our courses, they do an amazing job. They work really, really hard. You think about it. You think about the card attendant. They're there early, early in the morning pulling the golf carts up. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're there till some of them are there till the till last dark. cart comes in. So right, it's cleaning a, them. It's a long yeah, day. yeah. Tr- trust me, I've been there. So. <laughs> I actually, I believe it or not, I've I've been there too. <laughs> yes. I think you and I, we've been in this industry for um, a long time now. I know you, twenty five plus years. Myself, twenty plus years, and you and I have worked pretty much every job. The only thing that I think that I have not done out on the golf course is actually cut the grass, and I've actually wanted to do that. I still want to do that to this day. I want somebody to teach me. I want to go out there. I would love to mow the fairways, spend like an entire week with a maintenance crew. I know that sounds cheesy, but I really would love to do that. Just to see what they do and be with them because they are out there, you know, 4 a.m., Yeah, they're out there early uh, prepping the course, and there's just so much that takes place that we don't see an, an entire elements. You think about cold yeah. mornings. I mean, summer morning, hot. I mean, long days. I mean, it's a tough job. Oh, totally. I have job. the utmost respect. But for it that. gives you perspective. It does. Really does. Okay, so number four, groups that do not let you play through. Now. For me as a female, this totally annoys me. When I'm out on the golf course, and let's say I'm moving and grooving, you know, I can play pretty efficiently. If I'm by myself, I can play really fast. Even if I'm with somebody else, I can move pretty quick. But then you get stuck behind, let's say, a foursome that probably have 20 plus handicaps all of them which is okay mm-hmm. but they don't allow you to play through and m- my issue is this they turn around and they see me as a female they're not going to let me play through because men in my opinion a lot of them I can't say all I can't speak for all men but a lot of them on the course they see a, a woman playing and they're like, no, you know, she's going to be too slow. When really, they're the slow players. And women oftentimes are more efficient golfers. You're bleeding into your third rant, by the way, just so you know. Oh, I am. I see <laughs> that. Yeah. So, you combine it. so I, have, I have two thoughts on that. So I have two thoughts on <clears throat> being in the Myrtle Beach golf industry and being working at a club, you know, a seasonal club. Playing through, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, in a, in a community golf course, Yes, if you're slow, let someone play through. Now, if you're playing in Myrtle Beach, you need to pick up the pace because you cannot stay out there and just continually let people play through if you're playing slow. That's right. Don't lollygag. You've got to, you know, there's people, what's what's funny about it is, you know, look at someone that's a bad golfer. You can be a bad golfer and still play fast, right? Right. I mean, so it's generally even the root, I find the people that play slow, are the 15 to maybe five or six handicaps. Those folks play a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. 
Um, to take too many practice swings. Yeah. I mean, seriously, you do not need to take more than one practice swing. If you're taking two, you're overthinking. Yeah. But it's just, you need to pick up. I mean, you need to pick up the pace. And if it, and if you're not, if you're a hole and a half behind, generally, you know, you should be obligated to have to pick your ball up and go where you should be on the golf course. I mean, exactly. I could not agree so with I you more. About, I, I could see maybe if you have a bad hole in your, maybe you have three out of four guys that you're looking for a golf ball. Say, so, you know what, guys, go ahead and play through. We're mm-hmm. just going to. That's that's okay, but when you you can't continually let people play through, you have to stay up with the group in front of you. That's right. You cannot do it. Absolutely. So. And there are times that when you're out on the course, you know it's it's packed, hole to hole, and you know you you can't play through. I mean, there's just there's, you, nowhere, to go. there's nowhere to go, and there are those times. Um, but I'm talking more about the times when there is some space in between the holes. And, it's like, and, come and on. Typically, it's not the group that's directly in front of you. Typically, it's two or three groups ahead that mm-hmm. you can't see. You know, And right. then you get to a point in the golf course where you can see, it's like, okay, I'm coming down this hole and I've got a vantage point for three or four more holes. Then you see where the problem yeah, exactly. is. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and that's, you know, and that's gets it back to the biggest problem in golf and it's why what's hurt the game is slow play. And people... You know, it's a huge issue because people don't want to start playing golf. golf. Yeah, because they're like, it takes too long. Yeah. Yeah. We do have to speed it up. We really do. Um, So staying kind of on this topic, the number three, I feel like a lot of men, again, I have to be careful. I'm not speaking for all men here. I know that there are many men that love seeing women out on the course playing, but there are (laughs) a select few men that dread seeing women and if you're listening to this you may be one of them look no judgment okay but oh yes sometimes (laughs) sometimes there is a perception that women are the slower players that we lollygag we oftentimes we don't in fact i have found and i have been instructing for over 20 years i have taught thousands of women women oftentimes are much more efficient players than men I completely agree, and I, you know, when I saw this on your list, I chuckled because every, you know, every time you talk about golf, I think about days being in the industry, working on the industry side of it, and you would not believe it's countless amount of times that I would be checking a group of women in, which women on vacation are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I know sometimes women get petty behind the scenes, but when they come to the golf course, number one, they are ready to play. They're prepared. They're prepared because... Just like you, they think that people think that about them. They're there on time. Yeah, because we want to prove ourselves. Exactly. They feel, <laughs> and it, it's sad that they still, you know, women still feel they have to do that. They're there on time. They're having fun. I'll check them in, have a great time with them. They're bubbly, energetic personality. And then you'll have the next foursome of guys checking. Are we behind them? Right? That and happens wanna, all I, the time. I say to them, it's like, you know what? guaranteed they'll play faster than you and you would not believe and i would go out on the golf course myself if there's a group behind like the starter will come in i got this group's a little behind let me go out and talk to them it was that same group of men <laughs> that are behind the women that are but they're behind right and I'd go up to them and say guys remember when you checked in and you said are we behind them it's like well you're behind right <laughs> so i when you when i saw your list it's like 
Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, and that, that happens so many times. Mm-hmm. So many times. But it's, it's unfortunate that the perception is that way. And I'm here to tell it you is. that group of, I'd rather have a group of 16 ladies come to the golf course any day of the week. Right. Just because that they're fun and they shop. And they shop, right? Yeah. We like to, look, we like to shop. We like to eat good food. We like to have a good time. I mean, women are fun to play with. (laughs) That's right. You know? Right? That's true. That's right. All right. Number two. I have written down here, egos and fish stories. (laughs) I get so annoyed hearing about... Fish stories. And you know what I mean, Nate. You know what I'm talking about. Fish stories, exaggerations of what you believe your game is and then what it actually is. Oh, I just had a drive. Yeah, that was like 275 yards. Okay, really? It's like if we were to actually go out and mark it, it would be like 220. Like this this idea. I don't know what's what's happened to my game today. Yesterday I played so good. right? Right? You ever heard that? Yeah. Yesterday I was hitting the ball oh, so good. Oh, yeah, yesterday I, I shot I shot a 75 and you're like, "Okay, how yeah, how many time, how many mulligans did you give yourself yesterday when you played?" So how how does that so how does that equate to teaching? So if someone doesn't give you a realistic, you know, you know, realistic observation of their game, like they say, "Okay, what what do you hit from 150 yards?" Do do people still lie to you there because that's kind of a fish story too yes yeah absolutely i mean when they're coming into their first lesson you know i always get their background in golf and what you know what are you scoring what are you struggling with a minute to realize it takes me less than a minute yeah less than a minute and then i see the reality of when they start hitting and oftentimes students gently need you know that reality check of what are your actual yardages? And, you know, you can gently as an instructor say, hey, you know, let's go ahead and start tracking your yardages here. You know, I see that you hit your pitching wedge um, 90 yards. You know, let's let's work through your bag and, and get some general ideas of what your yardages are. And, you know, by doing that, it, it's a good reality check for those people that are open yeah. to receiving that information. And honestly, most people that come for a lesson are. They're, they're ready to accept the reality of what their golf game is. It's the ones that don't want the lesson yeah. are more probably going to be more in the category of the a little bit of an ego or exaggeration. Like, to yourself. Yeah, right, and right? and it goes back to speeding the game up because you know if you're if you believe that you need to play mm-hmm. the back tees, you know you may not. And it could be really slowing the game down, not just for yourself, but for your group. And it affects, it's a chain reaction out on the golf course. So your one individual playing slow affects everyone to a certain degree. And so, you know, when it comes to pace of play, having, you know, more fun out in the golf course is going to be moving a little bit more efficiently. And all these things, you know, they're, they're different moving parts. So it's just really getting a reality, a check of what your game really is and accepting that and having fun with that and playing the appropriate tease. Well, I was just going to say, <clears throat> anyone else, anyone out there that's listening and you're going to look at a golf course that plays 7,000 yards and you have never broken 90 in your life or even 80 and you step back there, people at the golf course are looking at you saying, gosh, this, this guy, 
really has no business playing this right. this tea. I mean, so why do that to yourself? Make the game fun. Enjoy it. It's like no one, you know, it's like your what? ego. Let, it's ego. It's, ego it's, it's literally, it's like, yeah, leave your, your ego your at the door. I mean, you let people, and a lot of times, I will say this, though, a lot of people, a lot of times people will start back there on the first couple yeah. of holes, and then all of a sudden you see them move up a couple And that's awesome too. that so they like, do that because they realize, hey, yeah. this is why am I pushing myself? Yeah. It's going to be miserable. When you're, not play, when you're not playing the appropriate tees, you will hit a wall in misery. And don't just look at the yardage and say, oh, if this course is only 6,800 yards, I'm going to play all the way back. Well, there's back tees for a reason. There's force carries that you don't know about. Mm. There's longer par fours. The, the yardage may read under 7,000 yards, and you think you can play that. But there's a reason they're the back tees. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. And look, I'm an LPGA teaching pro. I play the forward tees. You know, there was once a time, you know, a few years ago that I was playing what we would call the men's tees. And I can drive about 240. Um, but I realized, why am I doing this to myself? I mean, yes, I could technically play with the men at that distance. But... For 18 holes, I get tired. Yeah. Like I get, I just get physically tired. You know, by the time I make the turn, I, I really at that point have to pay attention to what my body is saying. At that, you know, dr I'm drinking fluids, I'm eating some protein because I, I tire out and I kind of hit a wall. And I think a lot of golfers do around 12, number 13. Yep. It, it's almost like mine you're running used, this. You used just to be 14 or 15. Yeah, it's, it's not just, just it's not with me too. It wasn't just physical. It was more mental. It's like right. you're thinking, okay. What, what am I going to do after this? You kind of, you've lost your focus. Exactly. And I have found that playing forward, I'm having more fun. Obviously, my scores are lower, um, which I like. It's fun. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. playing pretty good. Um, I can get through 18 holes and have fun playing forward tees. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't care. I don't have to show off saying, yeah, I can hit with the guys. I, I don't have to do that. I don't care. I can have my little LPGA bag and play forward tees. People looking at me like, why is she playing the forward tees? Because I want to play the forward tees. I have more fun playing the forward tees. I've got a lot better shots too, Nate, on par fours, which are really fun for me because I can drive longer for a female. So I do love that advantage point of par fours because it does change my club selection versus when I'm playing back. You know, I might be on some holes looking at you know, maybe a hybrid or a five iron for that second shot. But there are times by playing forward that I can just have a pitch shot, which is a lot of fun. So it kind of changes different aspects of my game. And it's just a better time. So, well, the other thing, too, is golf is social. And you don't want to be playing a different set of tees, too, than who the people you're playing with. Because that gets rid of a social aspect of it mm -hmm. so if you're playing like if you've got guys that two of them play the back tees two of them play the front tees it's kind of you know it's like you kind of all want to walk up together mm -hmm. you want to talk you want to experience the same golf course so golf is meant to be fun and it's a social more of a social sport I think. right and right. i think just yeah that approach going having fun with your group and accepting the reality of where you're at in the game. I think acceptance, there's a saying, acceptance is the key to all of my problems today. It's a life <laughs> principle, okay? So uh, let's apply it to the golf swing. Truly, acceptance is the key. Just accept where your game is at, embrace it, and go out and have fun and put it in its proper perspective enjoy it. Exactly. and enjoy it. You know, studies have shown 
that when you are having fun playing golf, you score better. And this, they've done studies on the brain, actually, with golf. So when you're having fun, you're scoring better. So if, you, if, if, if things start to go downhill, you're not having fun. Make it fun. Play forward. Who cares? Change it up. That's what we need to do in golf right now, progressively moving forward. So, and then we've talked about this several times, but, and we're beating this one to death, but we need to get rid of the colors of the tees. We need to, we need to mm-hmm. get rid of red, gold, white, black, back. Right, no people, gender. Yeah. Exactly. They need to be so that... Gender neutral. You know, I'm going to say this, but there there are men that should be playing the most forward tees, which are generally the red tees. Right. So we just need to get rid of the color, and they all need to be rated for men and women. So, exactly. And some golf courses, I will say, are doing that. Mm-hmm. And some, some golf courses have already done that. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So. Also, there are some golf courses that have tees now at the 150-yard marker, which is great. I always advocate that for junior golfers. When you're learning the game of golf, tee off at the 150-yard marker. And I also tell beginner golfers, um, women and men coming into the, into the game for the first time, tee off at the 150-yard marker. Yep. Have play it more like a par 3. Play 18 holes like a par 3, very much so, if you go that route. And then, as you progress in the game, you move back to find that comfortable distance. There is no shame in that. Sometimes you can have the most fun rounds of golf by playing it forward, getting closer to the hole. It really does change the oh, game. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 that all makes sense. But what do you do when you're uh, with a group of men, 30 of them, coming to Myrtle Beach to have some fun? It's it's probably hard. And I don't know. I'm not a guy. But, Nate, is it hard if you're with a large group of guys and you're wanting to kind of, like, prove yourself with your driver? Like, do you think that's more of a struggle for men in larger groups coming together? Well, I think it depends. It depends on who you're traveling with. A lot of times in Myrtle Beach, what's funny a lot of times I used to see, you would have guys, and I've talked about this before as well, you come on vacation of people you didn't really even know. So, so you almost feel, I think men, you know, some of them get the macho. It's like, oh yeah, I played the back tees or I hit the ball 300 yards. Whereas if you come with guys that you normally play golf with, I don't think that's, because they know you. I mean, right? They know they, you. They know exactly how you play. There's mm-hmm. no, you know, they know your game. You, there's not this fear of I'm going to get judged. So it, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's really strange, though. Like I, I, like I said, I've said this before. It's odd to have groups show up on vacation with people that they don't even know. You know, maybe John lived in this city for a while, and he moved to another city, and he's got friends in that city, and he kind of brings them together, which is all good, but. You're on vacation with people you don't know, and I think you feel the need to prove to yourself. Maybe do that to mm-hmm. prove yourself, right? So yeah, but well, yeah, if you're playing with your normal, but again, a, a large majority of people who come on vacation are guys that they, guys and gals. I'm sure that they've played golf with pretty much their whole lives. It's their buddy trip. Sure. So they don't think I don't think they feel that that's macho. Right. They can let they their guards down exactly. a little bit. It's like yeah. Yeah. All right, we're moving on to number one, the most annoying observation in the game of golf, in my opinion, is new equipment coming out year after year, trying to convince consumers that they need this product. 
It's a bunch of hunky dory. <laughs> it was one of my most frustrating things in the golf industry. You know, I always prided myself because I wanted to keep up with the latest equipment. Mm-hmm. But it got to a point where it's like I, I can't keep up anymore. It's like it's they're just throwing things at people mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and and they're trying to rebrand new, innovative ways to reach a consumer with catchy phrases, and they're just repackaged year after year and our consumers many consumers are going out wasting their money on new equipment that they do not need and it's not much different than the previous year they'll maybe add one or two new new and i and i'm saying this very carefully uh, technologies that are really what else can you change how else can you change it what Mm -hmm. uh, what technology changes within three months that you didn't know that the manufacturers didn't know three months prior to that right or six months prior to right and you know right now that they're working on things two years two two years from now and it's it's frustrating as a consumer because you kind of feel the need they talk you into having to upgrade your equipment and then you try to go to sell what you've only been playing with for maybe a year it's worth nothing it's not worth anything it's worth nothing yeah so you're you're spending upwards of sometimes thousands of dollars on equipment that when you walk away with it is worth nothing yeah and that's the reality of it look i'm pretty I'm pretty frugal person, you know, I mean, I have three kids, so, you know, when you have a family and you've got kids uh, getting out and going to college, you know, you're, you're, you're saving money, and for me, I'm always looking at ways to save, so when I see people blowing money on equipment and being convinced by professionals in the golf industry that they need this when they don't, I just want to put up a red stop sign and say, wait, wait, wait. Like, let's, let's talk about this. You don't have to spend the money on all of this new equipment. So how do you know when you need new equipment? This is my rule. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So this is my rule of thumb. This is what I tell my students. If your equipment is older than five years, we really need to check on everything. Okay. So I do believe this. Grips need to be re-gripped yearly. Your lie angle needs to be checked I mean, if you're if you're playing golf three days a week, you need to check your lie angle at least twice a year, at a minimum once a year. Lie angle does change when you're putting your clubs in and out of your car from winter time, from the cold to the heat in the summer. Metal does change. Lie angles can change. My lie angle does change by a degree to a degree and a half regularly and that, because they're in and out of my car in heat an and travel change either no I mean, you can not, take it yeah. you can take your clubs to um you know a, a golf superstore and they can check your lie angle there getting your clubs re-gripped um getting your clubs calibrated just making sure everything is consistent you know um, i'm not a big advocate of having a bunch of different brand clubs in your kind of like a mixed bag that works for some people and i'm not saying it can't work i like consistency um so when a golfer you know when they have their club is going to have a similar feel mm-hmm. the weight and everything from the grip to aesthetically the way the head looks at a dress you know really having consistency in a bag i think and believe it does promote uh better golf so if you have clubs that 
that you have purchased within the last five years, um, just, you know, go have them checked out. It's almost like a daughter's appointment. You know, you go for an annual appointment, or you should, most people should go every year for an annual appointment. Just go take your clubs in to a golf store and just say, hey, I need to get these checked. I just want to make sure my grips are good. Um, Just, I I think that's fine. Um, But if they're older than five years, you would be, I would say this, you would be a candidate to test out new golf equipment and i would suggest um you know the the big companies you know the major ones you know callaway TaylorMade, titleist ping you know you can go to their website you can google when they have fitting times and you can go out and schedule a fitting and what i mean by a fitting is at that point they're gonna watch your ball flight they'll have you on computerized equipment they'll know your speed they'll know what type of shaft what kind of weight would be good for you what type of head would work for you how it aesthetically looks what type of grip you're comfortable with you know they take all of these factors and then they can fit you for a club i will say this see i have so much to say about equipment okay it's not your most angry rant though it's not, no, it's, I think the rant is getting educated. That is my yeah. rant, that we need more education and honesty to our consumers in the golf industry about what they need golf equipment-wise, because it's, it's, it's become like Christmas. I mean, Christmas is completely secularized. It's all about um, selling, making money, the economy. I mean, you know, the reason for the season, uh, there's not a lot of focus on that. It's, it's just become this huge, let's generate money for the economy and spend money. And most people spend money they don't have on gifts that they don't need. And it's just, you know, that's another rant. Am I, I'm annoyed by that. Okay. So, but we, we say, look, we have yeah. Valentine's Day coming up. You know, that's another secularized day. It should be, love should be every yeah. day. You know, why is it one day? One day. That's ridiculous. It's just a money-making business. And the golf business, it's it's gone out of control, this new equipment thing. It's out of control. And it's like, just slow it down. We golfers need to be educated on what is most important about equipment. And I would say this. If you have clubs that you've had within the last five years, but you have never been checked for your lie angle, that is going to be my number one thing. Go get your lie angle checked. And obviously, lie angle has to do with your irons. That is a huge factor in itself right there. I mean, I have seen students lie angle change upwards of four degrees usually it's you know it, it can go more than you that just look at the wear pattern on their club head absolutely they got the wrong lie angle yeah and sure. and you can pull out just yeah. like nate said right now you can pull out one of your irons and you can look and see where all your strikes are at on the face if you see that all your strikes are literally on the toe or literally on the heel something's off with your lie angle so you can there's ways that you can somewhat diagnose if you don't have the correct lie angle but that's huge you want to make sure that when when the club is addressed to the ball and you're nice and square you want that leading edge flush to the ground and you know for people who are taller let's say you're over six feet tall you might find you're a little bit more upright you're gonna you're gonna be naturally more upright um if you're more of a shorter person you might find you're a little bit flatter so you know just from an anatomical standpoint when it comes to fittings in golf you know when it comes to lie angle it doesn't matter if you're upright or you're flat 
it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you fall. But what matters is this, is that you have a good fit with your equipment. It's like putting on a shoe. If you wear a size 10 shoe and you put on a size 12, that's not, that's not going to work. Golf is the same way. So I'm a big advocate on having fitted golf equipment, but I'm not an advocate on promoting this idea that golfers need to go out and get new equipment every year or they need to upgrade you don't need to upgrade. It's like buying a brand new car and then somebody convincing you that the model you have, the newest model with the newest technology is going to almost completely change a year later. I can tell you this, I'm going to drive my car until my car doesn't work. And then when my car's not working, I'll go get another car because I'm not going to waste money on another brand new car just because I'm frugal. And it makes it makes me... It makes me sad. I feel bad for people that buy into the concept when I see them blow this money year after year after year. And as an instructor, I don't see much change in their golf swing. Yeah. You know, they're guaranteed, oh, this driver is going to, oh my gosh, I'm ranting. Listen to yeah, me. I'm, actually, not actually, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. It actually yeah. turned into some anger there. Yeah. So Because these passion. companies are yeah. saying, oh, I'm going to give you 10 extra yards. Okay, so let's add this up. So the last 10 years, right now, okay, so if I'm driving 240, where's my 340 drives right now, Nate? Yeah. Where where are my drives that are 340 right now? Because that's basically what's been guaranteed to me. Where is that at? Oh, you're going to gain 10 yards. You're going to gain 10 yards. No, that's a bunch of you know what. And that is my biggest annoying rant and observation it, it that in, I see. It turned into that. It started off not did yeah. I did I, yeah. You know what? Because I don't want our consumers fooled. I don't. Yeah. I don't want consumers fooled. I don't want them taken to the bank over things that I believe are mistruths. So what I'll say, you know, club vending really became popular probably mid '90s. People started getting clubs fit, mm-hmm. and like what you said, I completely agree. Just taking your clubs in to get, you know, an annual get, checkup. checkup. <laughs> Just think about. When you come out of that, you almost feel you get golf's a game of confidence, right? Right. So you get out to the golf course like now I know my clubs are right for me. Exactly. And it whether it you know whether it is or not, in your mind it's like I'm hitting a golf club that's fit for me. That does make a difference. Exactly. In your mind. So in golf is like I said, golf is there's probably no other sport that has more things hinge on confidence. Exactly. Take that club back, and you're gonna mm-hmm. make, you make a good golf swing. You're gonna make good contact with it. Um, and to your point, you talked about if your if your clubs are five or six years old, you could be a candidate maybe for new clubs. Mm-hmm. If you go to MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com, we do have a schedule there of tailor-made club fittings that are happening here on the Grand Strand from February to June. So there's my shameless plug. That's good. No, you know what? So, I No, that's great. See, I didn't even mention it because I'm looking at all the different companies, but we do t- offer that. TaylorMade, um, there are seven golf courses that will have fittings throughout the spring and summer mm-hmm. right into June that you can go check out the TaylorMade equipment. And if you're a candidate, don't don't buy it if you've just got new clubs. But if you are a candidate and you're looking for new golf clubs, that's the place to go. And I will say this. Let's say hypothetically you're looking to get a new driver. That is the most common purchased in these types of fittings. I used to be a club fitter with TaylorMade uh, many moons ago. I was with Ping for years. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I would suggest this. Take the club that you have right now and bring it with you to a fitting and do a side-by-side comparison on which club is going to be best for you. The club you have right now may still be better than even the newest equipment, which is really just repackaged every year with the one or two modifications. There you go. Um, But take the club with you, and that way you can get a truly honest appraisal of whether or not you need the new equipment. Trying to save you guys some money here. Um, And again, let our listeners know that you don't necessarily have to have new equipment. I have a student, for example, that I have been teaching for about seven or eight years. He has had the same set of clubs, and these clubs are probably... 12, 13 years old, mm-hmm. and he and I have discussed uh, getting the clubs, you know, upgrading to, mm-hmm. to some newer equipment. Technology, I will say this, in, in 10 years, yes, it has changed. Steel, steel shaft irons? Um, steel shaft, steel shaft. yeah. Um, but he hasn't done that yet, but what he has done is taken my advice on the annual club checkup. He gets them regripped, he gets them checked and everything, and they're still work, working really, really well. So, you know, Look, golf clubs kind of like cars, you know. Uh, some cars can can go 15, 20 years and run really well, and you can get 400,000 miles at them. And you're going to find that with some sets of clubs as long as you take good care of them, just like you would a car. So, um, again, you don't have to trade in your new car <laughs> every year. You just want a car that's paid for. Right? But yeah. Well, you know it. what? The the best way to get a car that's paid for is don't buy any new cars. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Pay off the ones you have, enjoy it, and, and use them until you just can't anymore. Run it into the ground. Run it into the ground. Yes. So we started off, I was sitting closer to Meredith, and then when we got to this one, it's like, okay, I'm backing up now. Yeah. I'm backing up. Yeah. So I'm glad that got, was my number one. I'm passionate about that. And I thought it started off kind of like... Uh, why is this number one? And then I found out why. You know what? I just don't want people scammed. And I'm not saying, and I want to be careful of this, in defense of these awesome companies. So we're not, we're not going to see a Callaway or TaylorMade sponsorship coming our way on the podcast, <laughs> or anything, right? Not after this? Probably not after this. Um, no, it's okay. But no, I mean, you know, in their defense, they have done a great job. And look, you know, we do have great technology. And yes, technology has changed, especially um, the last decade. Um, we've had some great changes, no doubt about that. So in their defense, they are doing some great things. We And people are getting more distance. Um it's, you know, they are designing clubs much better than they used to be. However, I, I think, you know, the, the reasoning here is you don't necessarily have to keep changing it yeah. year after year. You know, you can give it at least five years, enjoy what you have for a minimum of five years. And that's years. why I really, in, you know, I went, out to, I went out to Phoenix, went through this, the club fitting school with Ping, you know, towards the facilities. And that's why I really like Ping because they came out with one set of golf clubs they wouldn't come out with another set for years. Now, I don't want to don't want to bash on them, but mm-hmm. now now they're coming out with clubs more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you had the I twos, the Zings. The they came out in a slow pace, um, but it almost seems. And this is this is me viewing this at twenty thousand feet now because I'm not on the industry side. Is that I feel like well. If this is so great, why didn't you come up with this six months ago? You know, it's almost like they're trying to search and find another 
oh, now it's the heel piece. It's the heel piece is the most important part. <laughs> right. They contradict what they've said. Exactly. And this is, in, this is in my mind. And again, this is me not being laser focused in on it anymore. It's like, well, we've changed our philosophy on that. <laughs> so, what you, so, it's, so what you're telling me is what you sold me six months ago really is garbage now. Right. So See, and, yes, and, you, see, and, you, and then, you see it too. And then as a consumer, it's like, okay. So you've convinced me. I need this new driver. Let me sell my one-year-old driver. Let me put it on, you know, I think there's a bunch of websites, Golf Club Exchange, or I did. Right. Yeah, we'll give you 30 bucks for right. it. 30 bucks? I paid $300 for Or this. like $500, so $600. So, so that's my, you're getting me mad. So, see, okay, right? Yeah. You see this? Yeah, yeah this has got to stop. Right. Okay, we, so, this, okay. this has got to be changed. But anyway, yes, this is annoying. All six of these things, yeah. A little that we're supposed to be me. five. It's supposed to be five. Yeah. Now I'm like having other ideas. I'm like, let's take no, it to I ten. No, we're done. We're done. Yeah, we're done. We're gonna uh, shake all this off, and we're gonna stay focused on the positive, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening to our rants today here on the Gimme Golf Podcast. I have hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please subscribe. Hey, we want to hear from you. You guys have an awesome week.